my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having a terrific day today, as always. And if you saw the magnesium and malate acid product of the week on sale right now, you voted it at one. And also for the next round of product of the week for you guys to vote on, I threw something interesting out here. It's kind of the ultimate stack, of all five of the main ultimate products that we have, the ultimate multiple chewable, ultimate multiple caps, ultimate multiple powder, ultimate essentials for women, and the ultimate essentials in general are all up for voting for next week as well. So be sure to check those out on the front page of the website at healthmasters.com. And while you're at it, stock up on the magnesium and malate acid, which is on sale right now as product of the week currently for over 10% off at healthmasters.com. And we thank you again for continuing to support this show and get the truth out there every single day as we try to bring to you and continuing to wake as many people up as we can. Because as we say every single week, we're all in this together right now. And thank you again for the support. And uh, one of the first things I've had my eye on, and this is something really interesting if you guys saw this yesterday, you know, the California law that went into place last year essentially made it illegal to purchase ammunition in California without getting a full background check. I mean, it was one of the most invasive laws ever put into place. Essentially, you couldn't buy any ammunition whatsoever. There were limits and you had to do a full background check like you would if you were to purchase a firearm just to get ammunition for your gun. And I mean, not only is it grossly illegal, it was complete and total violation of the Second Amendment. And uh, very interestingly enough, yesterday, Judge Roger Benetez uh, completely overturned this, at least in his aspect, as far as what he did. He ruled that the state's ammunition restriction violated the Second Amendment. He essentially blocked the restrictive ammunition law that was put into place and uh, stated that it was completely illegal. I guess this is a temporary injunction as far as what they're saying right now. And so this is going to be floating around for a bit, but the decision is effective immediately, meaning that the restrictions are as good as dead for the time being. So if you live in California, you can actually buy ammunition right to your door. Uh, you can go to the store and buy it and you don't have to deal with these insane background checks just to get some ammunition for your firearms. So good news for the, I guess the communist state of California. If you live out there, I know there's some beautiful spots in Northern California. I've been out there, Southern California. That's a whole nother world, but yeah. So just a heads up on that, but then switching gears and the ammunition. I'm going to cover a couple of these articles real quick and I'm going to hand it over to dad, get his take on it. What's interesting about this now, you know, I brought this up last year is the bumbling buffoon Biden, which obviously he's not the one running the show, but he went in and tried to essentially force Lake city which is the major manufacturer of 5.56 ammunition out of Missouri, to try to stop them from being able to sell excess ammunition to civilians. And that usually included the 855 uh, round, which was a 5.56 caliber with the green tip, steel uh, core, light armor piercing. Nothing crazy, though. Still an excellent round for penetration. And what's crazy about it was he went in essentially dated uh, January 9th here, signed by uh, multiple attorney generals that they essentially said that Missouri Lake City planted flooded communities with military grade ammunition. And essentially they wanted all excess ammunition sold to civilians to be stopped and halted. And now there's been numerous uh, Republican AGs 
28 um, to actually be specific that have now said that this is going to harm national security and this is also again illegal to try to go in and regulate and state that you know a manufacturer can't sell ammunition to civilians there's a bigger picture to this and this is why i wanted to bring this up this has been ongoing for the last couple of years as far as the try to trying to manipulate and control ammunition is specifically 556 because the caliper is so widely used with you know m4s air 15s so and so on but i've told you guys before the bigger picture that nobody's realizing is is that sig sour if you guys remember i've talked about this now for the last year and a half they've got the 4.5 billion dollar contract for the next generation squad weapon which is going to be using a 6.8 millimeter and essentially they are going to take over manufacturing of that cartridge if i'm not mistaken in 2025 or 2026 and from what i've been told from some of the military contractors that i know this round this caliber this cartridge there's not going to be any excess sold to civilians meaning what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to stop production of 556 overall when they go to this new rifle and they're going to try to prevent anybody from being able to get it other than law enforcement and military this is why i've told you before there's no way for any aspect to try to you know ban or try to seize or confiscate firearms in the united states that that box has been long open there's no way to possibly do that but controlling ammunition and being able to essentially prevent people from being able to access it they've been trying to do that for years through these states with background checks and other restrictions and now essentially they're trying to stop the major manufacturer of lake city of uh, no longer being able to supply this to civilians as far as the excess ammunition they get just something to be aware of but again good thing we have 28 Republican AGs that are trying to basically put a halt to this and make sure that this ammunition is still widely available for civilians. Just something to be aware of. If you've got ammo, if you've got stocks on certain things, just heads up on that. I always recommend you have you know your backup supplies for whatever you need for security along with food, water, supplements, first aid. Those are always good staples to have. That way you can just set it and forget it. That's at least my take on it, and I always recommend that. And so uh, what, what do you think about this, as far as this continual push to try to prevent civilians from getting access to ammunition now? Well, it's ludicrous, Austin. I mean, it goes right against the Second Amendment rights. I mean, how in the world do we think we can have a gun without ammo? I mean, you know, it's just, you know, this is what the British tried to do, you know, during the Civil War, not Civil War, the, the Revolutionary War. You know, they tried to deny access, you know, to the ball and the powder and everything else to yep. the colonists. They said, you can't do all this. And the colonists says, no, you can't do this. You can't deny this. And here's the thing. It's when you have tyranny and you have a tyrannical government, they don't want you to have the ability to defend against them, period. It's just, it's just, the, it's just that's just the reality. They want you to be a good serf. And, you know, it's brought to you, you know, firsthand now by the World Economic Forum, which is a new boogeyman they put in front of us as far as trying to make us believe that these guys are really in charge of the planet and they're not. It goes above them. There's layers above that. I covered that this week on a different show. But we need to understand these different layers are all intact, working together synergistically. That's what they don't want us to think about. They don't want us to talk about. They don't want us to talk about what's you know really going on in Gaza, what's really going on with the Israeli Defense Forces, what's really going on over in Israel. They don't want us to talk about any of that stuff. I mean, Oates came out with a really, really good article this week, and it basically says that you know the IDF war crimes are basically so ridiculous that you know people don't even want to talk about them. I'm going to read you part of this. Three months into Israel's bombardment of Gaza, the atrocities of the IDF has that has committed against Palestinians are too numerous to blame to name. 
Israel is staging a prolonged assault on the Palestinian people with various means of existence, destroying homes, hospitals, sanitation, infrastructure, food, water sources, schools, and more. To understand the genocidal campaign unfolding before your eyes, we must examine the roots of Israeli society. Israel is a settler colonial state whose existence depends on the elimination of Palestinians. Accordingly, Israel is deeply militarized society whose citizens are raised in an environment of historical revisionism and indoctrination that whitewashes Israel's crimes while cultivating a deep-seated racism against Palestinians. Mike Paled, former IDF Special Forces author of The General's Son, Journey of an Israeli in Palestine, joins the Chris Hedges report for a frank conversation on the distortions of history and the reality of the foundations of the Israeli identity. This is a pretty good transcript. I want to read you part of that. First, it starts off. The Israeli army, known as the Israeli Defense Force, is integral to understanding the Israeli society. Nearly all Israelis do three years of military service. Most continue to serve in the reserves until middle age. Its generals often retire to occupy senior positions in government and industry. The dominance of the military in Israeli society helps explain why war, militaristic nationalism, and violence are so deeply embedded in Zionist ideology. Israel is an outgrowth of a militarized settler colonial movement that seeks its legitimacy in biblical myth. Now, the myth basically they're talking about is the land that was given to them, that was taken away from them when they were scattered because God had enough of them, basically sacrificing their children to Baal. That's why he's saying it's a myth, but it was real at one point, but God let it fall. Just thought I'd mention that. It's always sought to solve nearly every conflict, the ethnic, either the ethnic cleansing and the massacres against Palestinians, known as Dabak, or catastrophe, in the years between 1947 and 1949, the Suez War of 56, the 1967-1973 war with Arab neighbors, two invasions in Lebanon, the Palestinian invasion, and the series of military strikes in Gaza, including the most recent with violence. The long campaign to occupy Palestinian land and ethnically cleanse Palestinians is rooted in the Zionist paramilitaries that formed the Israeli state that continues with the IDF. Now, this is an interesting part because Michael Pilik then comes up and says, it's good to be with you again and talk to you. So it begins before the military. It begins in preschool. We're indoctrinated. It begins as schools are enabled to talk and walk. I always say I knew the order of the ranks of the military before I knew my alphabet, and this is true for many Israeli kids. The Israeli educational system is such that it leads young Israelis to become soldiers and serve the apartheid state and to serve in that genocidal state, which is the state of Israel. Remember, this is a former military guy saying this for Israel. It's an enormous part of that, and with me, it came with mega doses of that because when your father's general, and particularly that the generation of the 67 generals, they were like gods of Olympus. Everybody knew their names. On Independence Day, I remember the schools, you would have little flags, not just flags of Israel, but flags of the IDF with pictures of IDF generals, with pictures of the military, with all kinds of military symbols on it. It's everywhere. When I was a kid, they still had a military parade. It's everywhere, and it was inescapable. And it's like you said, you hear it, and you walk down the street, you hear it in the news, you hear it in the conversation, you hear it in the schools, you read it in the textbooks, and there's no place to develop dissent. There's no place to develop a sense that dissent is okay, that dissent is possible. And the few cases where people do become dissenters, it's either because their families have a tradition of being communist, listen, or more progressive, and somehow it's part of their tradition, but it's a minority of a minority. By and large, Israel stands with the army, and the army is Israel. You can't separate Israel from its army or from its military. I'll let you guys read the rest of this because this sounds exactly like the, the indoctrination that was used in, in Nazi Germany 
with the Hitler Youth and how they pushed and pushed and pushed, sent the sense of nationalism, you know, with the Nazis, with Hitler, even with the Nuremberg rallies, all the rest of the stuff you see over and over and over again that they're using the same format here in Israel. But I want you guys to read this about Israeli indoctrination, how they're brainwashed into believing this. Now, they're brainwashed to believe the Arabs are absolutely horrible. That's why they hate each other. There's nothing you can do to fix it. It's never going to get better, period. That's just, there's nothing we can do to fix any of that stuff. These two societies literally loathe one another. But what they're not talking about in this article is that it's also – these children are also taught to hate Christians and to hate Jesus and to spit every time they hear about a Christian. They were taught that it's okay to cheat a Christian. It's okay to kill a Christian. It's okay to kill us because we're basically infidels. We're basically scum of the earth as far as they're concerned. That's why they're allowed to do all of this stuff to us. That's right out of their own Babylonian Talmud. So when you think about it, you say all this stuff, you go, well, it can't be that bad. Well, it's not with all Jews. I'm not saying all Jews are like this. I'm talking specifically about the racist you know, Zionism you know, regime in Israel right now that runs Israel because a lot of Jews are like this. They don't, they don't believe all of this stuff. But the vast majority of those who are hardcore Zionists do believe this. There was a woman one time I remember. I forgot her name, and she was a, she was a Kabbalist, and she did a bunch of YouTube videos, and boy, she took the heat for those. We brought her up and talked about her on the show one time and how, how she, she said that the, the Kabbalah and the, what they do as far as for the Jewish people, they actually create entities and life on this planet, and we're all part of their creation, like their gods, and that they, we're basically their, their servants, and we have to serve them. And every so often they require a blood sacrifice. Oh, she wanted all of it. And she started talking about it. And I thought to myself, this lady is a hard, hard, hardcore racist. And this is so why so many of these Kabbalists believe this crazy rhetoric that she's been teaching and she's been taught her entire life. So when you stop and you look at it, you kind of go, well, this is just nuts that it's like this, but it is what it is. And so when people wake up and they start to see the truth of what's happening, you start to realize that you know they're really just up above you know, a lot of people. Like there's a letter from Charlottesville, can the left and right realize in time the existential need to unite? And this is by Dr. Naomi Wolf. Now, Naomi Wolf was an un- incredibly hardcore liberal, and she seen the light. She's now promoting you know, nationalism, promoting you know, the United States, promoting anti-vaccine culture, all of this stuff. She's, I've been traveling in America, that poor beleaguered superpower, for the last week or so, and this is a postcard to you from the war. And I'm going to go ahead and post this for you guys, let you read it, because it really, really is showing that she is waking up. I like all of this stuff, because when you read stuff like that, you start to understand that everybody out there has the opportunity to start waking up and seeing the truth if they allow themselves to. Now, what's also interesting, National Conservative Student Conference with Ben Shapiro Basically, he did he did he donated much as a half as much as a half million dollars to an organization tied to migrant trafficking in 2022. Sam Parker Parker, former U.S. Senate candidate for Utah, disclosed this on his post on on X. He referred and referenced the 2022 annual report of the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, which indicated Saparo's donation of between one hundred and half a million dollars to the organization. According to Parker, the Jewish Sapiro remarked that he didn't give a good blank about so-called browning of America or about the massive amount of immigration coming into the United States. The conspiracy further deepened with the involvement of Homeland Security Secretary Alexandro Mayorkas, who was formerly a board member of HIAS. Of course he was. And Sapiro and Mayorkas share a certain common background with HIAS. HIS is reportedly one of the most significant sponsors and facilitators of the mass migrant invasion wave at the U.S. southern border by providing financial and logistic support. Remember, we were asking how in the world did they get shoes? Where did they get the transportation? Where did they get the food? Where did they get the water? 
Well, apparently, this is coming from HIAS. According to the former senatorial candidate, hordes of migrants pass through here the way to the U.S. border. But aside from this migrant processing facility, the HIS is also building bridges and roads across the way to maximize the number of illegal immigrants pouring into the United States. Now, here's the problem that I have with all of this stuff and who these people are. This is, a, you know, this is the Homeland Security Secretary. This is this is formerly board member HIAS. And we have to realize that that's a Hebrew immigrant aid society. Now, why in the world are they involved in bringing these people into the United States? Well, let's step it back another notch because I don't really talk about this very much. This goes right back to Cloward and Piven. This goes right back to, to, the, to the Frankfurt School that came you know, into the United States in 1933 after they were run out of Germany. When Hitler took power, these were Jewish intellectuals that came into the United States to Columbia and to Harvard and to all the other Ivy League schools and permeated throughout the entire educational system, which wanted to destroy the United States of America and bring in a communist world order. This is the same group. These primarily these guys were all Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, whackbags. Now, as far as I'm concerned, this Hebrew immigrant aid society is just doing the work of their Kabbalist handlers, and they want to destroy the United States. And they're supplying all of this logistics support for allowing these 385,000 people to come into the United States in December alone illegally. You know, And so think through this with me for a second. Why is it that Israel has some of the most strict laws in the world as far as immigration? And if you're not Jewish, you're not going to go in there and become a citizen, period. They're not going to allow you to come in, period. They won't do it. Why in the world, then, is this Hebrew society that's being promoted and promulgated through Israel coming into the United States, providing aid for these immigrants coming into the, in the U.S.? Well, this is hardcore communism, and again, it's hardcore Cloward and Piven. If you overwhelm the system enough, you basically cause it to collapse internally. This is the group, one of the groups now through the World Economic Forum. Because remember Klaus Schwab, he's also Jewish. Just you know that, that crazy guy he has working for him, who basically thinks we're all a bunch of weirdos and that we all should die. He's also Jewish. Ben Shapiro, he's also Jewish. Now I could go on and on and on. A few years ago, I got kind of frustrated with it all. I started reading all the top CEOs from all the major Fortune 500 corporations and and their CFOs and their other top leaders and marketing directors, and they were almost all Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan weirdos. And you think to yourself, well, it can't be that bad. Well, no, it really is because when they control the media, these, these folks are very tribal, and when they control the media, control so much other stuff that's out there, they start to feel as though they own it like they own you. They want to be in a tribal society. Remember, almost the entire board of directors, the people that were working with the COVID vaccine were almost all Jewish as far as the ones who were promoting it. You think, well, Ted, you don't usually talk like this. Well, no, I don't. And again, I'm not picking on all Jews because all Jews aren't involved in this. But now what we're talking about specifically is the synagogue of Satan. And this is the Bible mentions that twice in the book of Revelation. And a lot of the Jews in the world, they just want to be left alone. They just want to be left alone, have their businesses, their careers, their lives, their wives, their husbands, their children, be raised with their kids, and not walk in this realm of just weirdness that these guys are involved in. But the truth of the matter is when you have the major media people being controlled through the Jewish Hollywood elite, if you want to call them elite, I call them scum, and all the things in the atavistic hatred they have of Jesus, you start to see the patterns here. And that's the sad part about all of this stuff because, you know, this is an interesting thing that I basically wanted to bring up to you guys today about the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society that Ben Shapiro is supporting. You know, it's just hordes of migrants pass through here on the way to the U.S. border. 
But aside from this migrant processing facility, the HIAS is also building bridges and roads along the way to maximize the number of illegal immigrants pouring into the you know, United States. Big League Politics reported the HIAS is also on the federal dole to resettle dangerous migrants from third world countries in the U.S. to accelerate the nation's demographic destruction. This operation, the outlet added, is not driven by legitimate humanitarian needs. Rather, it's driven by bribes given to people like Shapiro to globalist officials. Now, think through this for a second. This is crazy. It says, now, the never-Trumpers, the little Ben, also hates the January Sixers. According to Ann Corkacorn, the nonprofit Refugee Settlement Watch, HIAS, has taken tens of millions of dollars from the federal government to resettle migrants into America. Aside from this purpose, it has also taken the money to sue the Trump administration in a bid to obstruct policies meant to slow down the influx of illegal aliens. Shapiro's treachery goes beyond aiding and abetting migrants. The founder of Daily Wire, who was once a prominent leader of the Never Trump movement, has openly approved of the mistreatment of political prisoners arrested during the January 6th false flag Capitol riot. The prisoners are being kept in gulag-type conditions by the Biden regime, according to Breitbart News. During an appearance on HBO's Real Time with Bill Meyer, the pundit told liberal panelists that there were roughly 1,000 pro-Trump patriots on January the 6th who deserved to be stripped of their civil liberties and crushed by Biden. Think about what they're saying here. 40,000 people did not assault the Capitol, he said. There were maybe 1,000 people. That is not making light of these evil people who will all end up rotting in prison as they should. Sapiro appeared on other liberal talk shows and endorsed heinous violations of civil liberties against Trump supporters, but his disdain towards the former president goes back during the latter term's latter's first term. In 2016, Shapiro inferred that Trump, Pat Buchanan, Ann Coulter, Alex Jones, and Ron Paul were white supremacists as he was attempting to stop the rise of MAGA within the Republican Party. Now, you guys can believe this or not believe this or look at this and say, wow, this is crazy. The sad part about all of it is This is a very real problem that we have in the United States with groups like this completely coming in and trying to take control of the U.S. and our infrastructure. I mean, the WEF has now even ordered the governments to ban all Russians from owning properties in their countries. You know, Israeli forces. This is a really interesting – this is AP Wire. Israeli forces dressed as civilian women and medics killed three militants in a West Bank hospital. They come in dressed, you know, as basically, you know, women, and they come in and start shooting people. Israel forces disguised as civilian women and medics stormed the hospital Tuesday and occupied West Bank, killing three Palestinian militants in a dramatic raid that underscored how deadly violence has spilled into the territory from the war in Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, meanwhile, ruled out a military withdrawal from Gaza, released thousands of jailed militants. Hamas, the main two demands for any ceasefire, casting down on the latest efforts to end the war that has destabilized the broader Middle East. The Palestinian Health Ministry said Israeli forces opened the fires inside the IBN Sinai Hospital in the West Bank town of Jenin. A hospital spokesperson said there was no exchange of fire and it indicated it was a target killing. They came in there to kill specific people. Israeli's military said so the migrants were using the hospital as a hideout, which that's probably not true, without providing any evidence whatsoever that was true. It alleged that one of those targets had transferred weapons and ammunition to others for a planned attack. But remember, the guys in the hospital were completely and totally unarmed, and they were executed. This is insanity. This is going on over there. So this is just some crazy stuff that's happened. I mean, remember, this is the same group that when they have a homosexual parade than the Via della Rosa, where Christ walked with the, with, the, with the cross in ancient Jerusalem, 
can draw as many as 450,000 supporters of gay ideology and transgender ideology in Israel. It is the most gay-friendly country in the world. You can look it up. Tel Aviv is the number one homosexual destination. Gay, most friendliest gay city in the world is Tel Aviv, Israel. But yet we send billions and billions of dollars a year over there to support them for what? Remember what Biden said last week? Until you basically, you know, you know, give the money to Israel and give the money to you know Ukraine. You know, we're not going to stop the border incursion in the United States. Telling that to Congress. I mean, this is like. A country and an administration that is completely and totally out of control with any type of reality whatsoever. And sadly, we sit back and we watch it. We kind of go, well, I guess that's the new normal that we have now. But it's not my new normal. It's like Austin said right now with the stopping the production of Lake City of ammunition, especially since everybody pretty much in the military community or and or the retired military community, the Patriot community owns M4s or AR-15s. You know, Now we're not able to get ammo for it if this continues as far as what the rhetoric is they're spewing forth. Uh, this is a completely. This just this is just a long term taking over the United States of America via the Frankfurt School to bring us under a one world government with the headquarters being out of probably either Tel Aviv or Jerusalem with the rebuilding of the Third Temple to bring the Antichrist out to rule us and reign over us the five hundred million they leave alive so that they can all have their own slaves of three to four thousand people a year as far as these hardcore three to four thousand people that's what these hardcore Kabbalists say they're going to have. This is beyond belief that we're in a situation like this and that Ben Shapiro has been basically was taken over the Rush Limbaugh slot and given this giant footprint, this giant mouthpiece that he's quickly destroying, by the way, his numbers are tanking like crazy right now because people are beginning to realize he's not a true conservative whatsoever. But anyhow, I want to cover some of that stuff with you this morning also because when you stop and you look at it, you start to realize who's in charge and what they're doing. It's mind-boggling. They have this kind of power. But remember, when the media basically supports them and they're controlled you know, through the Kabbalist International Synagogue of Satan Network, at this point, the vast majority of the people who have been pledged allegiance to in the churches to Israel basically continue to go along with this ruse and continue to support these people when they're in power because they really believe that if they don't support Israel, regardless of what Israel does, that they're going to be cursed. Well, if Israel's involved with all of this stuff, especially trafficking millions and millions of undocumented illegal aliens into the United States – how in the world is that supposed to be a blessing for the United States, Austin? How in the world can we feel as though that we're doing the right thing and we're in God's perfect will if we're supporting this mess? I believe that we can't. I believe that we're making a horrible mistake and that I believe that Schofield Reference Bible has brought us this entire stuff in real time and that these people are completely and totally brainwashed. I'm talking about evangelical Christians now that regardless of what Israel does or is involved in, they continue to support them because they think it's God's will for their lives and the lives of the people on this planet. What do you think, son? It's a frustrating and a hot topic. It's something that definitely is starting to get more traction and more visibility. And I've said before, as far as Ben Shapiro, he's always been, you know, that controlled opposition. From what I've been told is that I've heard from multiple sources is that he's basically Mossad. He worked with Mossad, and that's why he puts out the information that he does. And this is why you're constantly seeing. Yeah, when you start seeing, I've said this so many times, and you can look back. From the documentation with Goebbels from you know of Nazi Germany and propaganda, when you start seeing the exact same narrative being repeated on every single mainstream media outlet and they push the exact same story, at that point in time you're no longer dealing with you know news anymore. You're dealing with straight propaganda, and that's why it's so important to really weed through a lot of this stuff because as things start to progress, 
you know, you're going to see more and more lies, more and more propaganda that are really going to start expanding very aggressively. Last night I was talking to one of my really good friends on the phone for a while. He's been very successful in the markets over the years, and I haven't talked to him in a minute. And we are going over kind of current state of affairs that's going on. And he pretty much told me, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that's happening in March as far as with some of the uh, bank loans, commercial loans that are coming up. And he, he thinks that essentially we're going to start seeing some pretty wild stuff this year. And I asked him, I was like, you know, what What do you think, you know, is the best option in a lot of these scenarios? He said, well, it's the same thing you always say, Austin. He said, stay prepped, stay prepared, and basically, you know, know what you need to do and have the supplies that you need to have. He said, because what they're going to do, what they're planning on doing, they've already laid out. That's the thing with these these banker boys. They already know what they're going to pull the trigger on. They've, they did they, they, like with COVID. <laughs> they already knew what they were going to do with COVID long before that ever rolled out in 2020. I mean, they've, they've been working on that platform for years. And so, again, you just got to kind of look at stuff, figure out where they're going to go with this next and realize and decide essentially whether or not you're going to participate in it, so to speak. And this is one of the reasons why there's been so much data and so much intel and research that's come out now trying to essentially warn people about this COVID shot as more and more people still continue to get it. And Pfizer's working on the next booster, I guess, for the next variant from what I've been reading now. And what's interesting about this, there's a new research uh, paper that came out and it's crazy. I'll read you guys the title of it here. And essentially it's a bunch of scientists. They're calling for a global halt on all RNA vaccines and for immediate removal from the childhood shot schedule. Surprise, surprise. The peer-reviewed paper published last week in the Journal of Curis is the first peer-reviewed paper to call for a global stop on the COVID-19 RNA vaccines. They essentially analyzed data from the vaccine makers' trials and high rates of serious post-injection injuries, indicating the RNA gene therapy vaccines should have never been authorized. And what's crazy about this is I was reading through some of this uh, published article. And like I said, it's peer reviewed. It's got a uh, one, two, three, four, five. It's got seven authors. And the title of it's COVID-19 RNA vaccines lessons, lessons learned from the registrational trials and global vaccination campaign. And I'm going to post this on the website so you guys can read through it. It's a pretty wild research study and it essentially goes into detail saying that, you know, the published reports from the original trials from Pfizer concluded that the RNA vaccines would greatly reduce COVID-19 symptoms. The problem with the methods, execution, reporting of these trials has now emerged. Re, uh, reanalysis of the Pfizer trial data identifies statistically significant increase in serious adverse events in the vaccine groups. And then it goes on discussing death, cancer, cardiac events, autoimmune issues, reproductive issues, neurological disorders. All of these things were documented and they showed up in the trials. And essentially they were just dropping participants as soon as they showed up with side effects they would just drop them from the trial so they didn't have to report a lot of them or didn't have to continue to report it through the trial. This is a wild article here, and you guys can, like I said, I'll post on the website. But, again, this is why it's so important to really do your research, and it's it's crazy. Cause I was like talking to my buddy last night. I said, isn't it wild how, you know, some people will sit there and be so specific, so strict about certain things that they do and have these hard line, you know, in the sand, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. And I said a lot of those very same people – 
literally willingly walked into a pharmacy, rolled their sleeve up and said, sure, you can jab me with an experimental injection that I have no idea what's in this shot and I have no recourse about it and it's emergency use. And sure, inject me with it. And we were both just talking. I said, and that really shows you the level of mind control that a huge percentage of the American population has now been under through a lot of the CIA MK Ultra platforms through the mainstream media. And the mainstream media was pivotal in doing this, just like what Dad was saying with the stuff that's happened in Gaza and happened in Israel, all these things. The media controls the narrative. And that's why it's so important to really dig down and find out what's really happening so you have a better understanding. There's another article that came out now. It says federal lawmakers are soon to launch a new grant program to expand Internet-connected precision agriculture methods in the United States. This is weird. This is I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It says this new grant program is to expand Internet-connected agricultural methods on U.S. farms. The linking access to spur technology for agricultural connectivity and rural environmental acts, or the Last Acre Act, is going to create a USDA developmental grant program for bringing broadband Internet to farms to advance precision agriculture connectivity nationwide. What's crazy about this is essentially it's a variety of farming management strategies and technologies that are essentially going to be planted with the food now with like 5G transmitters and chips with the food. It discusses that it's going to use the Internet of Things IoT devices in fields along with GPS sensors and geographic information systems for data collection and digital cameras for monitoring crops and soil. And they're looking at this to essentially be able to, I guess, monitor more and more of this big ag program that they're doing, where essentially they're just I don't know, growing plastic from the analogy that I've heard from people that have been involved in this. And so they can tweak it, manipulate it even further. And what's crazy about this now is it's like we're walking into this realm where the technology and monitoring and digital era is starting to be ingrained in everyone. We're getting so desensitized to it that everything's becoming part of it now, and it's exactly what they wanted. That's why they leaked out this week that the Neuralink that I talked about, essentially that you're going to be able to scroll the internet and use your iPhone simply by using your brain connected to this Neuralink. And and what's crazy about this is what happens when they start connecting this as far as to your payment systems, right? I'm sure they're going to work on that next. That's how they're going to figure it out. What happens when they say, oh, by the way, you can't use any other payment systems because it's all digital now, and you can only use it if you have a neural link. How far is this going to go before people really start taking a step back and saying, do we really want this much invasive aspects of you know, digitized you know, monitoring in our lives from the smart meters to the, you know, the thermostats, the refrigerators, all these things now that are constantly becoming just commonplace and nobody even thinks about them. And a lot of people aren't even worried anymore about their privacy. Nobody even really cares anymore. It's as sad as that is to say, that's why I always tell people all the time, I'm like, dude, cover up your camera. I mean, Snowden pointed that out very clearly as far as on your, your selfie camera on your phone, also on your laptop. If you're not using it for a Skype meeting or a conference call, dude, cover that thing up. You don't need, they, nobody needs to have access to your camera watching you because they blatantly tell you now on all the contracts, they have third-party access selling data, anything, 
They record you doing whatever they want. And what's wild about it is, again, like I said, a majority of people don't even bother to pay attention anymore. And so that's why I really encourage people to at least have some type of, you know, I don't want to say prevention aspects because you already know a lot of stuff's monitored. But I've had people say, well, it doesn't matter. I don't have anything to hide. I don't have anything to hide either. But again, if you start reaching a point to where you don't even mildly, mildly value your privacy and you don't even care about it anymore – that's when you start reaching a point to where tyranny becomes very easy for you to accept at that point. And so, again, just something to be aware of and something to think about. Also, too, in other news, this is another health study. In uh, Frontiers in Public Health, one of the few studies to investigate pythroid exposure concentrations in the urine of newborns. This is a very, very common insecticide. And what's interesting about this now, they studied this exposure concentrations in, ur- in urine of newborns and children within the first year of life, and they found the higher amounts these kids had in their urine, the higher likelihood they had issues with neurodevelopment delays, including autism, behavioral issues, ADHD, endocrine disruption, delay in puberty. So again, another insecticide, another compound that constantly is being sprayed on our food in high amounts, and it's causing more and more issues. And that's why I've continually encouraged people, you know, if you have kids, try to do the best you can to feed them as clean as you can. You know, I mean, I get it. Junk food's everywhere now. It's all over the place. But what you bring in your house is the most important factor. What they eat out and about or they're somewhere with their friends, you can't always control all the narratives all the time. But when it comes to at the end of the day, you're responsible for their health. And when you start seeing these you know, herbicides and these insecticides and all these stuff that are in super high levels now, and they're directly linked to health problems, you got to ask yourself, is it really something that I'm going to knowingly allow my children to consume on a regular basis? And it doesn't mean you have to be you know, crazy strict and not allow them to have any kind of, you know, fun food here and there, but do some research and do some research in the foods that you're buying. It doesn't take very long, guys. I mean, the internet's a place you you could search this stuff up in a matter of minutes. You know, Moms for America did that whole expose on pesticides and the amounts that are in a lot of foods and all kinds of other research that they've done. So I encourage you, the more we step into this realm of just essentially compromising the food, compromising this digital area, everything they're doing, do your best. In my opinion, I encourage you, do your best to try to essentially build a hedge to protect your kids as best you possibly can because there's a lot of things going after them now. We're not in the 70s and 80s anymore. This is a different world, and essentially, if you value their health and you value their privacy, you better start taking it seriously. That's at least my opinion on it, Dan. Well, you're right, Austin. You know, children's health is absolutely critical. I know that, you know, you, you guys have chosen, you know, not to vaccinate, you know, your children, same as me. And because I've read the research on what vaccines do with all the adjuvants, with all the mercury, with all the aluminum. So do research on what you want to do with your children. Don't just take the advice of one pediatrician or one general practitioner. Look at the truth and look at the research and look at the numbers. And look, look at the autistics, the amount of children that are coming down with autism. Take a look at what's happening and realize that, you know, you could choose health for your child if you'd like, or you could not choose health, and you can go with the mainstream Rockefeller Rothschild model, which is designed to maintain sickness throughout your entire life so they can bleed you of your resources. That's what this is, by the way. It's all about greed again. You know, it's, it's interesting to me, Austin, you know, when we look at the Bible, 
you know, we have Caleb and Joshua going into the promised land of the Old Testament after they get out of Egypt. And, you know, it's all there waiting for them. And they have to just take hold of it. The Bible says the kingdom of God has been advancing since the beginning of time. And, the, you know, the, and the righteous take it by force. And what it means by that is when God gives you a promise, when he tells you to do something that's good that you know you're supposed to do, you're supposed to go out and lay hold of it and take it. Just say, okay, I, I received this. So many people don't do that. You know, they have the opportunity to be blessed beyond belief in their lives. But they sit back and they self-sabotage. They do things they know they shouldn't ought to do, which creates a major, major problem in their lives. They self-sabotage their lives. They self-sabotage their jobs, their careers, their marriages, and they do it over and over and over again. Then finally, as they look at their life in retrospect, they say, wow, I've really ruined my own life. I have a person that I do in elementary school. He started huffing glue when he's like 11 years old. I'm not joking you. He's huffing glue. Like he's like in fifth, sixth grade, huffing glue. And you know, he came to the bus station one day talking about how he was huffing glue and how he got high from huffing glue. Next day, he's talking back. He's back at the bus station again. Now he's talking about huffing gasoline. And I'm and I'm like, dude, what are you crazy? I mean, stuff is poisonous. Oh no, man, it makes you feel really cool. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's toxic. I mean, who's gonna huff gas vapors? Well, then pretty soon he's on you know, all kinds of drugs in elementary school, all kinds of drugs in junior high school, all kinds of drugs you know, you know, in high school. In fact, he had a Jeep, and they called it the Johnny Jeep. And all these kids, all these drug dopers would go out there and smoke dope with him and do all kinds of drugs with him in his Jeep. Well, his entire life has been absolutely awful. He's a smart kid, too. He graduated in the, you know, probably in the top you know, 10% of the class in high school. And but the problem was is he made one bad choice after another bad choice after another bad choice to self-sabotage it. And this last class reunion that I went to a few months back, he didn't show up. And he spoke to the class president and said, well, basically, you know, I've ruined my entire life. I mean, he's got lesions on him. So he's on meth now. The guy's a, he's a, he's a walking mess. And the sad part about it is his whole life was spent like that in self-sabotage. And you have to ask yourself a question, why? Were his parents to blame for this? Well, in the beginning, you know, you may have a parent who's really bad. That's a fact. You may have a parent that's using drugs in front of you. You may have a parent that basically is using alcohol in front of you or doing cigarettes in front of you, and they may be encouraging you to drink or encouraging you to do cigarettes. You think, well, that can't be possible. Parents don't do that. Au contraire. You know, my mom drank. My mom smoked cigarettes. She'd have us light her cigarettes with her when we were, you know, five, six years old. You know, she didn't care. She wasn't thinking about the addictive qualities of nicotine. She wasn't thinking about alcohol because, you know, Germans drink alcohol from a very young age and continue to drink alcohol and beer. So she wasn't thinking about it. But what happened is as I got older, I started looking at the choices that she made, the consequences to her health, the consequences to her life, having destroyed the marriage with my father because of alcohol. And I started seeing these people in the German beer tavern that she had opened up having all of these health problems, including dying at very, very young ages, in their 40s and 50s, you know, from cancer. And I started thinking through it. I started thinking, well, this doesn't make any sense. They've chosen a very bad, a very, you know, very debilitating lifestyle with the alcohol and the drugs. Why would I do that? And I chose not to do it. And so the reality is, is that that has to be a choice that we all make. I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday, and I said after the kids basically become about 11 years old, 12 years old, you can tell them what to do. You can suggest, can suggest what they need to do, and you can actually restrict them to a point where they are forced to do what you want them to do. But that doesn't mean they're going to continue to allow you to do that to them. It doesn't mean when they get to be with your friend, their friends that they're not going to pick up their iPhone and start looking at things on the Internet that they want to look at that you tell them they can't look at on your iPhone or your iPad because you've got a filter. All of this stuff becomes a child's choice. That's freedom of choice that God gave us. And once they get to that point where they start making their own choices, they've got to deal with their own consequences. 
I knew this one young lady, and she basically was raised in a very strict Christian home, and she started going completely nuts when she was like 12, 13 years old and continue to do so, and her parents cracked down on her, said, you can't live like this, we're not going to live like this, and now she says they ruined her childhood because they refused to allow her to do drugs and alcohol and look at porn and lie and cheat and steal and all the rest, and you know, she really, really thought that she was going to make these choices, but her parents had to intervene for her, and, and I told her when I was talking to her and trying to counsel her a little bit, you know, she was 16 years old, she got sent off to reform school for the second time. And she's sitting in reform school, angry because she's at reform school because she's lying and cheating and stealing. Yet and she's blaming that on her parents, and she's 16 years old. She has a driver's license. She's driving a vehicle. She's already enrolled to dual enrolled. She's already in college. But everything at that point was her parents' fault from 16 up. That's nonsense. When I was 16 years old, I was driving a car, and I realized that if I got stopped and I got a ticket and I couldn't pay the insurance for the car, I would no longer have a car. I realized very quickly that if I wrecked the car that didn't have any insurance on it or whatever it was as far as liability or collision coverage on it, that I would be in a situation where I would not have a car to drive. I started to realize at a very young age that my actions were a direct result of the consequences that I had already obtained, and my consequences were a direct result of the actions that I was currently doing. And that's what we have to learn. And sometimes we learn it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we think we can do the same things over and over and over again and never ever, ever have a different outcome. And we, and we think we're going to have a different outcome every single time. And But the reality is that's one of the definitions of insanity. You do the same thing, you get the same outcome over and over, thinking you get different results. Uh, the other day I was speaking to somebody, and they had broken up with someone, and they were basically going back with that individual. And I said, okay, great. And I said, how does the same book have a different ending the second time you read it? And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm actually asking you a question again. I said, is the book going to change its ending for you? I said, the person that you were dating is diametrically opposed to your value systems, and it, the whole thing ended as, as a fiasco. Why do you think the second time in is going to end any differently? So then, and the lady said, well, I didn't really think about that. I said, well, think about it. Unless something major changes, there's not going to be a different outcome. And see, and this is the thing that people don't realize. When God tells you in the Old Testament you can choose life or you choose death, and then he gives you the cliff notes and says, by the way, I want you to choose life, that's kind of like a hint. Like you need to go ahead and basically choose life. When people become communist indoctrinated at a very, very young age, like they do in Israel, and they just start teaching these young children to hate Christians and hate Muslims at a very, very young age over there in that country, most apartheid state in the world, they suddenly you want to realize you realize that when these people get older, why they're so racist. And why they're basically doing everything they possibly can to destroy Christianity and to go in there and just murder the people in Gaza because they don't really care about the people in Gaza because to them they're just animals. That's the indoctrination that occurs from a very young age. That's why it is important that you as a parent, as a Christian parent, take your children to church. It's important that you as a believer in Christ tell the children about Christ, that you explain to them what baptism is, you explain to them what the Holy Communion is, you explain to them what a blood covenant is, and you explain to them why Christianity is different than all the other religions because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, he was the Son of the Most High God, and all of these other guys who basically are promoting their own religions, they're all dead. They didn't get raised from the dead. People don't understand that Christianity is different. And that's why it's the only way that we can get back to God, back into his energy field, so to speak, if you want to use a physics example. And we can no longer, you know, we cannot get to God without going through Christ. That's why he said, I am the truth of the way. No one comes to the Father but by me. I'm paraphrasing that. That's what Jesus said. We need to understand that. And we need to understand that we've got to stand strong in our religion. We really do. 
in our faith as Christians. By the way, the FBI is now ordering banks to flag purchases tied to religion or MAGA. Wait a minute. The FBI is ordering banks to flag stuff? The FBI, U.S. Secretary Joe Biden, by the way, he doesn't have that kind of authority. He can't do that. Have even weaponized America's own banks against the U.S., ordering them to search and flag people for things like reading religious texts, Bible, or having a MAGA description of payments. You know, right now, it says a House panel is investigating allegations that the federal government flagged financial transactions involving terms like Trump or MAGA. The Senate Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government claims financial institutions were advised to flag transactions with these phrases. Transactions at stores like Cabela's or Dick's Sporting Goods or those involving religious texts like the Bible may also have been flagged. The committee, led by, by Chairman Representative Jim Jordan, seeks interviews with Peter Sullivan from the FBI and Noah Bishop from the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. The Financial Crimes Enforcement Network reportedly set guidelines for financial institutions basically, you know, of interest to the government, including terms like Trump and Magda for transaction monitoring. Now, think about it for a second. They're actually monitoring stuff for supporting Trump. Why are they doing that? Because nationalism is so powerful in the United States, where it was in 2016 when Trump was running for office. He ran under a nationalistic Make America Great Again slogan. That's why we all fell for his rhetoric. We didn't realize he was a you know a, a mouthpiece for the Rothschild banking cartel. And he got snapped in the tight. He got snapped tight within you know within a couple of years of the White House. I remember I had a friend of mine who was going to the White House. He was a pastor on a regular basis until about six months in, and all the other clergy started getting mad at my friend because he wasn't marching to the, their drum. And pretty soon Trump started meeting, stopped meeting with a whole bunch of these guys. And all of a sudden he was being led again by his staff and his committee of you know 300 leaders and his council on foreign relations people he put in the powers and positions of authority. You know they had to bring him to heel pretty quickly because he was the accidental president, as Robert David Steele used to say. Because they were, they really thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win, but the algorithms weren't cheated enough. That was the problem with all this. That's really what happened: is the algorithms had to be readjusted for the 2020 election. Uh, you know, I, but let's let's get off that topic. But well, let's also look at what's going on with that the Biden regime is expanding intrusive recognition scans to all 430 federalized airports. Joe Biden's Transportation Secretary Administration is moving forward with plans to expand facial recognition technology at all U.S. airports, despite the fact that a bill has been introduced with bipartisan support calling for the government and the invasive policy of stealing the biometric data of millions of airport passengers. The TSA announced it will install enhanced credential technology devices at the airports, an upgrade from previous units using pilot program at nearly 30 airports. TSA uses facial recognition algorithms developed by top-performing vendors, the agency says in its press release. This is a system powered by artificial intelligence. In the press release, TSA makes it sound like it is willing to jump through any hoop to protect passengers' privacy when we know this is an outright lie. In another document, Homeland Security under the TSA is a sub-agency in which they are collecting personally identifiable data at people at airports. The latest CAT scanners, though, is CAT2 scanners, incorporate facial recognition technology by capturing real-time pictures of travelers and comparing them against their photo IDs. These units have been deployed in nearly 30 airports nationwide and now will be rolled out to all 400 federalized airports in the coming years now that the data has been collected from the test program. As of now, participation in facial recognition screenings is supposedly optional for travelers who can choose to stick with the standard physical ID verification process, but there have been countless first-hand accounts from airport passengers who have indicated they were not given the option by TSA to reject their face scans. Now, I'm going to stop for one second here. This is very real technology. 
They use gait technology as far as how you walk, how you stand, and how you move and combining with facial technology. So in other words, even if you had your head covered, you're going to walk a certain way. You're going to position your body a certain way, and it's going to flag it through AI. Through these, That's all AI. It's all artificial intelligence. It moves that fast. I know years ago, Austin and I had an incident with our families you know, at Epcot. And oh my, it was a, it was a mess. I'm not going to go into detail with it, but it turned into a big brouhaha with this, these five women from North Carolina. They were all a bunch of Jezebels, probably all a bunch of witches. And I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that facetiously. I mean that very sincerely. In fact, law enforcement got dispatched, and nothing happened because nothing happened to start with. These girls kind of went nuts and called law enforcement, in the, saying that you know that we had had the. Okay, this is going to confuse everybody. They got mad because we were laughing on the ride Soren at Epcot. I'm not, I can't, even, it sounds so stupid. I don't even want to talk about it. They got mad because we were laughing on the ride at Soren, and they said that we had interfered with their enjoyment of the ride. Before long, it escalated, and the police got dispatched, not making this up. Well, when this happened, both Austin and I were put on the database at Disney, and I believe on their facial recognition database. So now even if we go to Disney Village, every single time I go to Disney Village now, you've got to go through security. They've closed it all off. It's like a doggone you know, concentration camp over there. They turned it into a theme park as far as the entry levels, but it's still free. Every single time I go there, it doesn't matter if I'm wearing a hat. It doesn't matter if I'm standing behind 25 different people. It doesn't matter if I'm wearing shorts or long pants. It doesn't matter you know, what I'm wearing. If I'm wearing sunglasses, if I had a beard, it doesn't make any difference. It always flags me to be searched every single time. And I always tell if I have friends I'm going with over there, I always say, by the way, they're going to stop me and they're going to search me. And they're like, well, how do you know that? And I said, because I'm on their data recognition database every single time. It happened to me like a couple of weeks ago again. That's the technology that's available out there right now. That's how accurate it is over and over and over again. Like, can I ever get off of that database? Probably not. And you know, they don't prevent me from going into the park, but they wanted to search me every single time. Now, the first time they tried to do that to me, I was with Sharon. It was years ago. I walked out. I said, you're not doing this. I'm done. You're not, you're not going to treat me like this. And I left. And then I finally realized that, you know, oh, well, it is what it is with these clowns. We live 20 minutes away, and it's a really nice area to walk around, though I'm not endorsing it whatsoever as far as Disney Village because I won't pay to go on a theme park. So this is the group of people out there right now that are running these AI and doing these data collection things. And that's why I like this article that Holman put together because, quite frankly, this, this Leo Holman, it's a good article, by the way. It says, Biden regime expanding intrusive facial recognition scans to all 430 federalized airports. It won't just be to the airports. It's going to be to your malls. It's going to be walking down the street. It's going to be basically driving down the highway, you know, these cameras that are everywhere on the roads now, looking at your facial recognition, and they basically data logging everywhere you go, everything you do, how fast you're driving, how much fuel you're burning, how many carbon units you're putting out. That's what this is. It's all about complete and total intrusion into our lives in every single aspect of our lives all of the time now this is not freedom this is tyranny but this is what klaus schwab and the boys that are being used as a front for the world economic forum want because it goes right back to genesis chapter six where they can control every thought of every person's mind and tie you into a bio network in which they can put enough data in you through graphene oxide or through you know inserts what they're doing with these injections into your body as far as nanotechnology where they can control every actions 
this is not Lucifer's first rodeo. He already did this in Genesis 6. He broke the rules of engagement as he's doing now, and God will come back and will judge it again. He says he will. As Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be upon my return. All of this stuff is foretold by the Bible because God is omnipresent, and he knew what he was going to do again. And Lucifer basically is desperate. He runs about as a roaring lion, seeking those who may devour, but he may not devour us because we are sanctified by the blood of the Lamb through Jesus. That's why he does what he does. He's trying to figure out some way he ain't going to go to a terrible grammar that he's not going to end up in the lake of fire. That's what he basically is trying to avoid. He's trying to find some way out of the mess he got himself into. And as far as he's concerned, if he can't find his way out of the mess, he's burning it all down with him. He's taking it all down. He's going to burn it all down around him. Because he figures he's got nothing to lose anyhow. Always remember that. That's why you keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's why you draw your line in the sand, like it says in Ephesians, and you stand your ground. And no matter what happens, you stand with Jesus. No matter what they do to you, no matter how they act with you, you stand. I, I pray for you guys all the time. I plead the blood of Christ over you. I pledge a hedge of thorns around you. I station angels around all of you for your continued protection. And I thank you for what you do for health masters and for us and for your prayers for us. I love you guys. I really do. And you guys are absolutely amazing. And thank you so much for supporting Health Masters. If you weren't doing that, we wouldn't be here. We couldn't be doing a show like this. Austin, what do you think, buddy? Why don't you go ahead and finish it up? Well, you're 100% accurate on that. I mean, we do this with you guys, for you guys, to continue to get the truth out there. So thank you for the support. That's why we have no commercials, no ads, no breaks, no banners, no pop-ups, nothing. We're doing this because we want the truth out there every single day. And that's why we've been doing this for years now. So again, thank you for the continued support. And, you know, dad's spot on with the information he's talking about with this, as far as what they're trying to do. If you know what they're going to do, get prepared for it and live your life. Like I told you guys yesterday, enjoy it, stay healthy, stay strong, you know, continue to just enjoy what we have on this earth and continue to spread the truth and the good news of Christ. And that's the best options that we have right now at this point. So again, thank you for the support. If you guys, need anything you know where to get a hold of us healthmasters.com the berberine formula the berberine ultimate that's our dihydroberberine incredibly good formula for burning body fat and maintaining blood sugar that's on sale for the next uh, couple more days for over 10 percent off on the front page of the website and also to be sure to check out the product of the week the magnesium um, man, magnesium malate acid. You guys voted it won over 10% off as well right now. So lots of different specials and kits on the front page. Be sure to check them all out and also vote for what you want to see win tomorrow as well, or for, to win next week, excuse me, for uh, product of the week at healthmasters.com. So thank you again, my friends. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us. 1-800-726-1834 healthmasters.com. We're here to help you out the best we possibly can. You guys have a blessed, awesome, safe evening, and we'll talk to you on this show tomorrow as always.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 